Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Reported live. Oh, 
All right. Children, you are dismissed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I got the board there. I just need the thing set up. All right. are ready for tonight. There's a lot of good stuff here. Um, since we're in basic training, I thought I would kind of hammer the point home by uh, dressing appropriately. And uh, because what we've been receiving has been information some impartation. Now, impartation is what gets inside to be used. It's a spiritual part. Because, how can I put this? There are some people who play the Ouija board and nothing happens. There are a few who play the Ouija board and there's impartation. In other words, there is spiritual information that, comes, that gets to the inside of you. And I'm not giving you permission to play with a Ouija board. But what I am saying is that when you, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. So he was the spiritual word who became life, who became man. But when it came out of his mouth, it became spirit again. This is why I always say that Jesus broke off pieces of himself and shared it with his disciples. Okay, does it make sense? And so that kind of impartation never leaves, even though we get in the flesh a little bit, like his disciples did when they all ran, when he was arrested. But all of a sudden when he rose... They all came back because that which was, impart- which was imparted drew them back to the source. This is why when believers leave they, and they were strong and they backslide and they go to the counterfeit church, which is a bar, they get, a, they get about three beers in them and they start telling everybody, mijo, don't do what I do, but give your life to God. That which is inside still draws people to the source, even though because of the words that were taught previously, they never feel worthy enough to come back. And so today, uh, Manny, can you get, or can you get someone to bring, set up the board right here? I got the board there, but the the easel is inside the storage room. And so we're going to talk a little bit about 
victory and defeat. How many know that we're in what they understand as spiritual warfare? That goes on all the time. Um, even when you're not, even people who are in the world are always going through changes. And um, because there's a battle for the souls of men all the time. And never before has there ever been media that really begins to portray that, whether we're, whether you're, they're talking about the Bible or not. Let me read something real quick, and, and we'll, we'll really get started now. Talk to your audience. Welcome. This is Tuesday's edition. You are listening live. Welcome, uh, Mr. Rick, Miss Linda, and. Uh, let me know, text me if it's uh, not coming in clear. And Father, we do pray right now and, and pray that the ticket, Father, necessary to get back to California, Father, be provided in Jesus' name. All right, now, let me read you something. It's uh, in the book of Acts. Chapter 2, verse 17. I'm going to open it up with this so we understand what we're talking about. Father, let your word be preeminent today. Father, let your word do its work. Never return void, but accomplish that which is sent out to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. You know, there's a lot of talk about people talk about Joel's last day army. And um, I understand what it means and what it says. I have, I have issues with the interpretation, but that's okay. Um, it's one of those things that you can tell a story out of it. It's, it's called what people call scripturalization because you take a scripture and build something on it, and it's okay. But it's taken out of this. In the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Now, I want you to understand that that is what we have now, is a cross-culture that involves, watch this, a culture that is highly prophetic. And so, it's made up of the old, and the young, working together. We understand that as a Joshua generation because it's the Joshua's and Caleb's working with the young. And, and the, the Bible tells us, watch this, it says, the young men will dream, will see visions, and the old men will dream dreams. And what happens is, is we, this generation, last generation, is talking about a generation that will be moving in prophecy, dreams, and visions. And what it does, it steps into the power of the age to come. And it's a, a time that is a now time for the manifestation of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom that's in heaven. It's a kingdom that's come to heaven through his people. Uh, am I making sense right now? <laughs> it's a kingdom that is in manifestation here on earth. 
the, the issue that people run from is not understanding what they feel on the inside for something that's about to happen today. God has put in within us the seeds of greatness. I've been saying that quite a bit. That you know that you're here, like, for, like Queen Esther, for such a time as this. There's something that you're, it's like this nagging feeling on the inside that you're here for something bigger than yourself. Anybody feel like that sometimes? Just sometimes you feel like you're here for something bigger than you. That you exist. And you're just, that there's more than just taking up space. And a lot of times we put those dreams and we crush them. And more than likely, you had those dreams of, and I don't mean dreams like when you sleep, but you have visions of, of being when you're growing up. You, you think of these great things you want to do. And then life, parents, uncles, friends tell you, what's wrong with you? You can't be that. You can't be that. That's fantasy. This is the real world. And people's dreams are crushed. And then you go to high school and they tell you, well, this is, these are your choices. When I was growing up, they used to assess you and say, okay, you're mechanics, you're farmers, you're scientists, and they would do this based on some testing. It was more cultural than anything else. And, and if you're created after the image of God, how much higher can you get? And his likeness. And his image, which means that you're like him. If you're sons and daughters, what does it say in Ephesians chapter 1, 5, verse 1? Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Why would God tell you to imitate him if it was impossible? How about Jesus speaking in Mark eleven twenty two when he says, have the face of God? Some people say it's ridiculous. God doesn't need faith then why does it say have his faith? <clears throat> you know, people read the Bible. I don't get anything out of it. That's because you don't want to get anything out of it. Now, don't pick up a King James Bible because you'll be confused. Especially if you speak more slang of today than ever. You know how we have a, our dic- dictionaries changed all the time? We're so far away from Elizabethan English that when you read it, you're going like, huh? (laughs) We're far from those. But pick up something that's there, and then you can read it. But read to understand. How many here, like, how many in this room have ever read a, a, a Stephen King novel? You know that they're kind of abstract, and he has a weird, where he'll write one chapter about a certain amount of characters, the second chapter covers the other characters, and you go, wait, 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 this story's not following. Chronologically, both chapters are in the same time period, but you're getting to know different characters, and so what happens, why is it that we put up with that, but we won't look at a, a book that tells us about our own creation and put up with that? Are you hearing what I'm saying? We, don't, we choose what we put into ourselves. Am I making sense? Yeah. 
I'm going to start talking right now to you as though you're, I'm going to speak into your potential. I'm not going to speak to you as fifth graders. <laughs> that shows funny. <laughs> I mean, no, you won't. But sometimes you can't pass a fifth grade test. But anyway, but it's funny that what we've got to do now is understand why we're here. How many know that it's God's will to heal? Now it is. Never pray if it's your will because you find out through the scripture, if you study, the, the, the thread of reference that starts over here ends there. How many know that sometimes you pray for folk and they go on anyway? Now let me talk to you about damaging your faith. The Bible, how many have ever heard of the full armor of God? There's a shield... There's a shield, and it's called what? Shield of what? Then it's the breastplate of what? Righteousness. That's your right standing with God. Now, let's talk about the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness that it talks about is how you, if you're in Christ, you're given the full armor. Notice that you didn't have to earn the armor. It follows grace. Because you're saved by grace through what? Faith. Did you know that your faith defends you against, the Bible says, against the fiery darts of the wicked? What were the fiery darts of the wicked? Thoughts, actions that come against you. That's why it's a seal. That's why it covers you. Why does it cover the core? Because it's where your soul, your heart, the seat of the emotions, all of that is in the core. Science proves that. Now, did you know that they say that in what we understand, a gut feeling has more nerve endings that feel as much as the brain, if not even more? And that is something that science has caught up to the Bible. That's why in, in the King James, they said the bowels of compassion were moved. They knew in here they had, they had, to, be, they had to do something. They say that the, from the stomach to the gut, these nerve endings and sensations worn sometimes before the brain, and that which is here speaks to the brain. A lot of times when you get real scared, your brain doesn't jump in your head, does it? How many have ever felt it here and they use the expression, it felt like you swallowed your heart? You just feel, something hits you, right? How about when you're ready to go make a speech? How many say your butterflies aren't in your head? How many know butterflies are right here? Okay, I'm, I'm just showing you that the Bible has always said that science has caught up. So the breastplate is to cover. Now, I want to share with you, sometimes when something goes wrong in the realm of the spirit, there's an expression that I've heard since Colorado when I was listening to John Wimber, and then they said, don't let these things get under your shield. Let's say you're praying for someone and you have a real good relationship with them and they end up going home instead of being healed. You know what happens? And then all of a sudden your faith, someone takes the wind out of your faith, and you're beginning to think, oh, but his word says this, but it's this, and the thoughts are, you let it get under your shield, and it starts to eat away at the breastplate of righteousness, and you start to think, what did I do? 
Where did I miss it, God? And, and sometimes, you know what? Again, what was wrong? What, you know what? Can I tell you? What, how many here want to hear what the answer is to that? We don't know. No, it's the truth. I am telling you the truth. What is my goal? How many, here, here's this, Christians use this as a loser's limp. You know what a loser's limp is? Say I'm a football player. And I'm running and I catch the ball. Boom! I drop it. And I'm, oh, man. And then I start going back to, back to the huddle. You know why they do that? So they say, oh, no wonder he missed it, man. He's got a hurt leg. It's called a loser's limp. And what happens with believers, we enter in right away to get a loser's limp to show. We have to try to explain to the whole world why this didn't happen. And, but you know what? The people who have a loser's limp, you know what they say? Well, we live in a fallen world. Nothing's perfect. How many have ever heard that expression? So a lot of people, rather than not go through the pain of having something go under their shield, they'd rather not try. You know what I tell my kids when they were growing up? My son cold-blooded, but I still did. David will remember he did it with his. When you're learning to ride a two-wheel bike, falling down is a rite of passage. Skin knees are a rite of passage. Now, some kids don't want to fall so bad that they never fall. And Manny was like that. He was calculating, even though his mind had mathematical equations going through to keep himself on the bike. Manny is real calculated that way. He won't. He always has been. He'll sit on the edge of the roof, and all the kids will go. He'll sit up there for about five more minutes, kind of looking at the rate of speed in which he's going to fall, how he should bounce. And then finally jumps. He's always been like that. Very calculated. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rate of bounce. No, I'm kidding. But you know what? But he's like that. Now, Xavier, he would jump, but his mind was still calculating behind him. That's just him. Robert eloquently put it down as no governor's spring. Just Let's go. True? Hey, boy, can you jump that ramp? Sure. Wait, we have finished with it. But, that, but that's him. In Spanish, we call it atrabancado. <laughs> there's, there's, there's two types of people like that. They're two extremes. All of us fall in the middle. But some of us get hurt once. Never again. We let this thing get under our, our shield. Some of us go to perfectionism, which means that you never, ever want to be wrong. So everything's perfect around you so that, and you live in a safe environment where you never take chances, but you'll never go ahead. You'll never move forward. You'll always be in one place because it's your safe place. And what we're going to talk to you today about is how to live by faith, listen to the voice of the Spirit, and not be atravancado, not be the one that just jumps out without thinking, but won't be so calculated that you miss your bus. Okay? You follow what I'm saying? I use these two extremes. But we, when we taught our kids, they learned how to balance, how to turn, and how to stop. Remember, Bert, remember how he didn't stop, went into the bushes, and... Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> well, I didn't even mention you. I didn't mention you. <laughs> I 
Now we know, but you know what? All, all the way down, uh-oh, make a turn, do this. But what happens is, bam. But, you know, it didn't hurt. What happened? And see, all of us fit that category. All of us fit that category. And so, all of us have watched this. What are your AGTs? Your what? Uh, no, I can't hear y'all. What are your AGTs? Your what? Abilities, and talents. Everyone is born with abilities, giftings, and talents. That's what the Bible tells us we have, that you use your talents. But can I tell you something? How many know that God gives good gifts? The Bible tells us that he is the Father and he gives good gifts. Now, I want you to do I'm going to lay some things out. Again, I'm not going to talk to you like fifth graders anymore, but watch this. If God's will is to heal, and he says, lay hands on the sick so they recover, what's our job? Lay hands on the sick so they recover. The Father in me works the miracles, or does the healing, right? That's what it says. I have no power of my own. I just obey what he tells me to do. Have I seen a lot of healings? Yes. It's too late. I've seen new eyes come into people's minds. It's not there, and it's there. It's like... And you know what? When you come in contact with that kind of something that happens to the inside of you, man, it just, it just changes you. And what happens is I can't be afraid. Watch this. I cannot be afraid of being a broker for God's power. You know what a broker does? He transacts business between one to another. That's why I call it power brokers. Now, watch this. If I were to sell you a house as a broker, the owner's here says, yeah, okay, she can have it for 45000 I wanted 145 but I think she can afford it at 45 So I'm the broker. I make it happen. She gets her house. Now, she's, she's living in a house real happy. Four years later, someone's knocking at her door and says, how come you've never made a payment? I didn't know I was supposed to make a payment. Well, it's my house now. Got 30 days to move. Now, if she comes back and sues me, tries to sue me, it wasn't me. Was it the owner? No, it wasn't the owner. She didn't read her book, her covenant, her contract. that says, follow these steps. Now, who messed up in the transaction? This is what happens many times when we're transacting between God the Father and people. Now, do you know why I get so detailed about stuff? Because I don't want you to be, this is what Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the spirituals. That's what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Was it 12 or 14, Miss Esther? I don't want you ignorant concerning the spirituals. 12. See, I doubted myself. But anyway, 12. So I don't want you to be ignorant concerning these spiritual gifts. Well, how does God use spiritual gifts? Now, watch. I'm going to give you an idea. Let's say I bought David a $5,000 hickory bat. This is the same kind that um, Hank Aaron used, patterned after the one Babe Ruth used. And now, what's that guy's name? Is uh, the guy that the mafia, that the Mexican mafia set up to, or with the angels? What's his name? Angels and the Dodgers. Not the Dodgers. Uh, or maybe it's the Dodgers. Yes. 
Now, he's the one that uses it to hit all the home runs. Here, you can hit home runs. But I paid $5,000 for that bat. And then I got you the football that Peyton Manning uses, and I gave it to you. Worth $10,000, has a signature, and all the Broncos on it. Now, watch this. <laughs> but I also bought the losing ball from the Raiders, and I gave it to Dean. <laughs> This is the preseason championship ball, and I give it to little D. <laughs> no, no, you know what to be fair? They're doing well. They're doing a lot better than they have been, okay? That, no. And this one costs three bucks. You can have it, and it's good. Now, watch this. Now, if I give away all these great sporting implements, you know what gives them value? It's what you do with it. I don't care if it's a $5,000 bat, but if all you do is swing and hit air, it ain't going to do you a bit of good. You get Peyton Manning's ball that used to make touchdowns galore, make Super Bowl champs out of the Broncos. But if, but if you throw it and it just falls behind you every time you throw it, that's right. Now, little D, say, turns into a Tom Brady and uses that ball, the $3 ball, <laughs> deflates it a little bit and is able to make touchdowns. <laughs> and, and he just makes all these touchdowns with a $3 ball. Who made that ball? What made that ball valuable is the one who uses his talent and ability to do what? great things with that which he has given. You say, Pastor, you haven't gotten the scriptures yet, but I'm giving you tools to think about, visuals to think about. When I give you the scriptures, you'll be able to know what it's talking about. How many know that if you lose, can I, you know what? To the credit of the Raiders, they're do, uh, this year I'm expecting a lot from them because they did way better last year. But watch this. Listen carefully. All the way from Oakland, they're going to do something to cause their fans not to be so bitter, throwing batteries at all the other, de-batteries at all the other people. <laughs> well, they got to wear, all the guys got to come out wearing helmets because their, their fans throw de-batteries at the, at the opposing team. But what? Something's going to change to make these guys start throwing roses down when, when, when they go through because it's going to change their attitude because they're going to become a winning team. Why? Because they didn't quit. They didn't quit. What changed? Coaching. Sometimes I wish they got new owners, but coaching staff changed. They got new players so they can build. Well, I'm looking in here, and I'm looking at a bunch of people who are learning to be champions in this world, to make a difference so that we're not just building people to be good church folk. I want you to do what your talent abilities and giftings dictate so you can be good out there. I'm not against education. I'm not against schools. I'm not against any of these things. I don't want to march on Hollywood. I want you to invade Hollywood and begin to change things the way that they're supposed to be. I want you to begin to enter the world of politics so that we don't have the kind of mess we have today. I want you to enter into, the, you know, because this is what the seven centers of influence are. It's faith and religion, it's education, business, family, political, arts and entertainment, and media have been since time 
immemorium, it's always been those are the centers of influence for this world. When Jesus said to go out into all the world, this is what he was talking. This sets up the system that we know is the world. And can I tell you something? Right now, the power brokers that make billions and billions of dollars are right here. They're the ones that tell the world how to think. This one's a close second. The families, if all you do is promote this, see, you got shows like, um, and we love to watch them because you like to see talent. But it's crazy to know that the entertainers, now watch this. We went from the 1800s and 1900s, and early 20th century, it was entertainers. Now it's, show me the money and I'll sing. These guys make millions and millions of dollars as court jesters and entertainers. And we make them our centers of influence to influence us, make me feel good. Where before in those times it was flipped over that your educators, your social, your, the people that work for social interaction, to fight crime and to make society better, they were the highest paid people, even doctors. Did you know that doctors today, they make money if you specialize. If you don't, they're working for corporations now. Did you know that there are only five corporations that run media and, and have news outlets? Only five corporations that control all the news outlets. And they, and they control what comes out of those outlets. Where do you and I fit into this? equation. How are we going to use? Listen, here's the sad part, what we don't see. I see talent. They get signed to a contract and you do, you do anything they say because the contract says you belong to them and you're no longer even, you no longer even control the things that you author. That if you walk away, all, your, all the work that you authored is property of the people who pay your salary. See, so what salary? You don't make money on recordings because the companies do. You make all your money on public appearances. But you don't have any direction as to how you say. Now, you can get to the place where you make buku dollars and buy yourself out of a contract, but that doesn't, that you're never your own. Never your own. Now, I always say, there goes someone's cash cow. You know how long they last? Ten years, and there's a burnout. Because people get finicky after 10 years. What are you and me, what are we going to do as we enter in this thing? What are we going to do? And this is what I want to teach you. We're going to do this through a series to show you how to dream dreams, to dream visions, to begin to prophesy, and not have a generation gap in society because this generation gap is being manufactured today. When I say manufactured is that there hasn't been a generation gap since the 60s and 70s. Where one generation was so different from the other. There was, there was a countercultural revolution in the 60s. And what happens now today is there hasn't been one and now it's been being manufactured. And you see it much. Watch. You know where you see it? Did you know that? Watch. Let me, let me share with you some history. This is why we have to get rid of core education this, this, uh, that, that, that they work on because they only teach a little bit of this and never a lot of anything. And what happens is that 
in the 60s and 70s, did you know that, you know what's going on right now with the Republican Party and everybody fighting, all the infighting and all the protesters? And most of these protesters are hired people anyway, but we're not going to talk about this. But watch that happens. In the 60s, when the Vietnam War was going, the Democratic Convention was being rioted. They were throwing things at them. They were big time stuff that was going on. We would think that this is the first time this stuff is happening. But people don't share with you history so that you're in the dark. Why is it important for me to mention this? I mention this only for one reason. The Bible says that we have to be sharp. We have to be aware of the times that we live in. Didn't Jesus say to be watchful and not to be caught like a thief in the night? We have to be aware. I, I see Christians say, well, I haven't watched news in seven years. Well, you'd be caught like a thief in the night. You, you know what? For all I know, it's 1988 with you. It's the truth. I talk to people, hey, man, did you hear what happened in Brussels? And, Father, we pray for all the people in Brussels, Father, all the fear. We command fear to leave, Father, and I pray for peace over Brussels, over all this that has occurred. And, Father, I pray that they catch these people, Father, in Jesus' name, that you give them wisdom and the ability, Father, to go after these people who have brought this carnage and, and this fear into this place, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. But watch this. Now, Look at your neighbor right now and say, no matter what team you're on, you're the one that brings value to this world. Now, let's go in our Bibles to Romans 8.11. Now, if you know Christ and he's in your life, this is you. Can I tell you something? Don't turn down a gift that God gives. That's like saying, God, you don't give good gifts. Don't say, I don't elect. Say, Lord, I received this and I don't understand it, but let me grow. You know, you follow what I'm saying? I will never prophesy. Romans 8, 11. Because I have people say, oh, I'm too scared to talk in front of you. I'll never prophesy. Don't. You know, those are some of the gifts of the Spirit. Those are gifts that God gives. You know what I used to like about Mark? When he was younger, he was a lot bold, bolder. You know? No, no, he, he still does. But what he used to do, no, no, listen. He used to snag the mic off of the thing. Oh, I got something to say. Wow. There's about eight of you in here that are blah, 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 blah. And he's like nine years old. Eight of you that are doing this and this, and you need to come up here. I mean, just bold. Do you remember that? They just get up here and everybody come up. You know what? They weren't respecting a nine-year-old. What they were doing is respecting the gift. And he was like, pow, spot on. Now, what happens when you start growing a little more sophisticated? You're fearful. How many know that when you were little kids, especially if you're guys, how many know that you would just, now, some guys don't. Some, some of the, you know, you're scared of bugs and you think too much. But what happens is when you're growing up, you know, You'll dig a, you're, you're, you're playing certain games, you'll dig a hole and jump in it and hide, and you're, you have teammates, and you, you, know, you do what, you go into a tree without thinking if there's any spiders in a tree. You jump in the bushes and hide. You know, it's like, but now, even I think about, if I'm going to that bush, I, it better be, I don't know what's in there. But see, when you're kids, you don't even think of them being bugs in them. You understand what I'm saying? You'll walk into a dark house, without, you know, you'd be like the stupid people in horror movies. Pass every light switch. There's lights. Turn on the lights as you walk through there. You know, there's a murderer in there, and you're... Flick on the lights. It's simple. 
But, you know, when you're kids, you walk in, hey, let's go to that haunted house. We call it haunted because it was empty for generations. You know, just nobody's been in there. So we find a little hole, pop open the door, and we go in without flashlights. And we're not thinking about spiders. We're just moving spider webs. Because you know what? On TV, you see spider webs, and you clear them out. You never see the spider come out from spider webs. Somebody ever seen Indiana Jones and the movie Spider Webs through these caves? Something moved, something made those spider webs. See, we think now. Well, see, this is what a lot of people do with the gifts of the spirit. They move into an area they haven't been in, and just because they're creaky about doing something, they think, oh, I'm too scared. You know what? The Bible says to be as a child in your faith and enter in. When we were kids, like I said, we did anything. Isn't that true? As you kids, you did anything. We get on skateboards, you know. You know what's funny is you see those videos and these adults going on these hovercrafts. And then there's, you know, it's like, man. We were kids and we built evil Knievel ramps. And we didn't jump over tanks. We jumped over people. We laid, all of us were laid on the ground. And we, even myself included, had knobby tire skid marks on my, on my, my belly. It's, you know. And these bikes were aluminum back then. They were steel. But you know what? None, you know what? Our parents were so strict back then, we didn't say a word. I don't care if our, if our spleen busted. You know what? We'd be like catching it up ourselves. <laughs> That's right. Pam had these big old burns on her leg and stuff. But you know what? We go home, it's not the amount of blood you lost. It's the blood you got on your clothes. They got you busted in those days. But, but I'm here, and I didn't wear helmets. Anyone helmets? Yeah. But I'm all right. No, I'm kidding. But, but, but watch what it says. <laughs> Romans 8, 11. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he that raised Christ from the dead will also make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that lives in you. He'll make what? Now, that word, make alive, I'm going to define it. The other, look, Robert got me studying this one time because there was a season, maybe or two, in which a few of us didn't get the flu when it came through. Everybody was ravaged. And Robert used to say, brother, you still among the immortals? I said, right, me too, man. Now, I started looking at that. Did you know that if it makes, if God's power hits you, makes your body alive through the power that raised Christ from the dead, It'll make alive your mortal body. That word make alive, watch what it means. I want you to hear what it means. This is you. That word make alive means to produce life like in birth. Okay, so Jesus comes into your life. Everybody hear the word born again? That's where it comes from. It produces a life in you, the life of God in you. Everyone say, have you ever received Jesus into your heart? Well, the word actually means your life, the center of the core. You receive Jesus, he comes to live in you here. And then what it says, it's restored to life. Wait, what do you mean restored to life? Because without Jesus, you're spiritually dead. Look at your neighbor and say, before Christ, you were dead. In the spirit realm, you were a zombie. No, well, watch this. <laughs> For Halloween one time, my, my grandkids did a skit to uh, Audio Adrenaline song. Um, and it was a, a song about bringing, coming back to life, some kind of zombie it was called. And uh, 
they came in, they dressed like zombies and they were kind of doing the thing, come, coming back to life on the ground and they were doing this thing. And, and, uh, we had some people that kind of got offended and didn't want to be a part of that because zombies are satanic. Um, we got to get rid of that kind of nonsense in the church today. We do. And you know why? Because whom the Bible says, who you lend your members to is what you become a part of. You don't lend your members to be wanting to become a zombie or preparing for a zombie apocalypse, then you're okay. You watch from afar, it's entertainment, you walk away. Now what? To make a life means increase of life. That's eternal life. Everyone look at you and say, eternal life is not life forever, as you would understand. It's a quality of life forever. It's, that means the life of God is in you. The life of God comes inside of you. That which brought Jesus to life and keeps him alive now is what you get a part of. Isn't that amazing? Now, if that part of life lives in you, watch this. The Bible says that even as he is now, so are we in this world. This world. This isn't First John. So are we in this world. How is Jesus now? Is he sick and tired? Is he blind in one eye? Um, is his hair falling out? Is he, huh? Does he have bunions? No. Now, now listen, listen. Everything about him, is even as he is now, is he powerful? Now, watch this. We are here with delegated abilities and powers that he's given us. That's why we're, did you know that you have a one? Xavier always has this memorized. It's 500 million chance of being you. The miracle of birth. That's why they call it the miracle of birth. Because all those little critters are coming after that one egg. Only one gets in. And it's a one in 500 million that this happens. Now, watch this. Your personality, your attributes, your giftings are all involved in this little action that took place. And then once that thing happens, that egg attaches itself to, to the mom. And lo and behold, here comes a baby. Now, can I tell you, Pam and I used to study because we got into involved with being youth pastors. And we studied all of this stuff, behavioral sciences or children. I mean, all of it. Went to all the classes, went to everywhere. And you know what? We were not still ready to have kids because our kids didn't fit the mold. We had to learn. Our kids didn't fit that behavioral, that behavior, that this. Didn't fit any of them. Then we started working in children's church. Are you kidding me? They didn't, mit, they didn't match the books either. You know why? Because every one of you is a snowflake. You're individual as a snowflake. You have attributes that no one else has. Your giftings and abilities and talents are different. You know what? James Brown sings one way. And Whitney Houston sings another. How many know that there's day and night between the two, yet they're two, both black? Some people hate James Brown's style. Some people prefer Sam Cooke's style. Some people just like Bach and think all this other stuff is trash. Why? Because all of us are born with different tastes, with different palates concerning anything that we're to taste or do. We're all different. 
Why do you think God needs everyone to be di- You know what? God doesn't call a church full of the same people. It'd be boring. If all of you were all the same, I'd get another pastor and say, put you up here. Because I had a brother tell me one time that I don't fit the mold as a, as a teacher. And recently I got called a teacher. I said, I think I must have been sitting in a room full of preachers for them to call me a teacher. Because, and they do, they, they preach. But what's the difference between preaching and teaching? One of you, one of them inspires and motivates, and the other actually teaches you. Well, what happens is I do a little bit of both because I don't want you to be ignorant. Some days all I do is preach. But watch. Today is a little bit of both. So, makes a lie. Watch this. This is the part I love. It gives you new, greater powers of living. What does that mean? I don't know. How does it work in you? I know how it works in me. I know how Pam works. Can I tell you something? When, I, when we first got married, I was ignorant concerning a lot of stuff. Because my parents were one of these, you go get your education, that's all. Education, that's it. Oh, education. You know what? They were, we didn't celebrate birthdays. We barely celebrated Christmas. All the other holidays were money grabbers, so we didn't do anything. And, and uh, there wasn't a lot of outward affection. I had Pam, she said, you know, we've got to celebrate St. Valentine's, Easter. Easter? What the heck? You know, that has nothing to do with bunny rabbits and eggs, you know. But uh, celebrated. And, and you know what? And then what she made, I always call Pam the consummate mama because she made every holiday special for the kids. I, if, it, if it were up to me, I wouldn't know how to do it. We wouldn't have it. I think there's no such thing as a stupid rabbit hopping through the town bringing you guys gifts. But, see, that was my thinking. But Pam taught me all of how to love, how to bring these things about. I remember one time I had a lot of fun. It's like I think it was my introduction to working with kids. My, her sister was still young when we got married, and we made stupid snow, and we put tracks coming through the window, all this stuff, and the gifts by the tree, and footprints and everything. She thought for a good while, she thought that Santa really came. Then she started thinking, wait a minute, where'd the snow come from? Because the grass was still green outside, but you know what I mean? But we, what's that? Or a friend told her. No, she told us magic snow. Yeah, but she thought, and I had a blast. I'm thinking, this is so cool, these holidays. We never had any of this. And so, to me, Christmas is still real special, you know, to both of us. But I like to go to the extreme. If I, if I, if I would start in September, our house would be a, a, a winter wonderland, well, and if I had the money. But you know what I mean? But, but you know, I see these guys put out, oh, yeah, this, this part here cost me $600,000. So I'm saying, now, my mom would have said, for one day? Stupid. <laughs> That's how I grew up. And we need a new tree. What's wrong with that one? That's 35 years old. That's still good. Mom, they don't use aluminum trees anymore. (laughs) But, you know. But, and again, you know what? We didn't know it until after I grew up. It was still fun. Childlike faith. But what I'm telling you is that you have abilities to do things because you've been given the power to live life. The greater power to live life. Five is the thing. 
seeds with life-giving power to cause to grow and spring up and keep you continually growing. Now, what's that? It was from the same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Can I tell you something? You can't lose right there. Just that one verse in chapter 11, you cannot lose in life. Because you've been given seeds of greatness that continue to grow in you, that continue to cause you to dream. But if your dreams are squashed because of events in your life, how many know that events in your life are temporary? I'm going to give you a... They're temporary. Why? Why are they temporary? In Christ they are. Because he gives you grace. He gives you ability to change things. Can I tell you something? Faith and patience. The Bible... No. There's teachers that have taught that faith and patience are power twins. And they are. Because you can't give up. His word is true. His word is true. Now, meditate on that for a little bit. That if he gives you the ability to grow, that that same spirit that... Now watch. I like one verse says that the same power that, it, that was exerted to raise Jesus from the dead. Jesus was a man like you and me with, where he laid down his divinity, but God's presence came into a tomb and raised him from the dead. He called Lazarus out from the dead. Did you know that in Jesus' ministry there were quite a few people that were raised from the dead? Death was not an enemy to Jesus. 20 out of 33 miracles recorded in the Bible, 28 had to do with sickness and disease and being healed. You know, when Jesus arrived, he looked and he said, oh, I was going to say, but, oh, myself, look at all these people. They're, they're so sick. Because he was blown away that the children of Abraham would be twisted up and sick. He says, why are they like this? Because the covenant provided for healing. So he came to manifest the love of the Father. See, we want to know who what God is like. Look at Jesus. Jesus never gave away sickness, but he always dealt with it, with the people that came before him, in front of him. Notice he didn't look over Jerusalem and say, okay, Jerusalem, God's people, be healed. Because everyone says, why don't you just walk in a hospital and say, everybody be healed. It's the people that come before you. Why? God's idea of life in the church is family. Listen, little D came across someone. Someone's animal was hurt. Watch this. And so they paid like, you know, the doctor says, well, we see, farmers, animals are utilitarian. So if a, a vet says, well, it's going to cost you $2,000 to fix the cow. Leave her here, man. I'll shoot her. Sell it for meat. We'd be going like, no, that's messy. But we have our dogs and cats. Right? We have our dogs and cats. Now watch this. I want to tell you something. I'm going to make a point here. We'll put whatever out there, if we got it, to help save our animals because pets become family. But let's say, how much more for a kid? We don't turn around and say, well, you know, the kids at the, kids at the doctor say, well, you know, it's going to be about $3,000 for surgery. You know what we do? We don't turn around and say, well, just leave them like that, see what nature does. How many know that unless you're sick in the head, you don't do anything like that? You'll do whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes. And family members will come out of, I'm talking about, family members that are where there's no dysfunction in the family for the most part. Because some family members head for the hills whenever there's any kind of sickness and disease. But I don't know. I have to say it different, but you know what I'm just saying. But you know what? 
their family members will camp out at a hospital and pray the whole time. Yeah, you know, like when Larissa went to the hospital. She was in this hardly sick ever, and all of a sudden, boom, she's in there. People are out there. You know, she, it's like, wow, praise God. You know, they're there. You know, you sit, you'll sit in an uncomfortable chair all night and pray. You'll do whatever it takes. You'll sell everything. Isn't it, isn't it true? Because it's family, especially if it's one of your own. Am I telling you the truth? You'll do whatever it takes. Well, did you know that Jesus did that, but he did it with the people that, was be, that were before him? And he healed him. And did you know, listen, the woman with the issue of blood, she came to him and risked it all so that she may touch the hem of his garment. Because it was against the, the, the Jewish law for her to be bleeding all over the place to come and touch him. But she risked it all because she had heard that if someone touches him, she would be well. Because you see, through the Bible, incrementally, where people touched Jesus and she heard. And she said, this is what I got to do. How much does it cost you to receive that kind of life on the inside, that life-giving? Because it says that we share in his divine nature. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we share in his divine nature through his promises. And how many know his promises are words that are spirit and life? Now watch this. Watch this. We can share in that right now, just like this. We can say, God... Because you gave your son, how much more would you freely give me all things? Verse 38. Like this, me, huh? How much more would you give me all things? That's what it says. How much more would he do that? If he already gave you his best, which was his son, how much more would he give you all things? What do you desire in your heart? But you have to be his first. There has to be that, that place where you say, God, I want every part of you. You know what? I don't care. I'll take your gifts, and I'll, 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 I'll use them. But you know what? I want you to teach me. You know, we think that God, you know, you, we think that God's going to tell you right now, oh, yes, Jesus, I receive your gifts. You know, I'll lay hands on the sick, too. He's not going to tell you to go raise the dead right now. You follow what I'm saying? We, we fear the greatest, and we're saying, no, no, no. Let's just start right now. Part of that is saying, God, I want to be used in society to affect this world. I know that I'm, you know, that my family me, my kids, my family are called to something bigger than me. You know that when a baby's born, I could just see when Manny, I, I got to relive this all over again. When Manny and Juliana had their little baby, Judah, he's breaking all the rules right now too, so he's not in any book either. But you look at them, and in your mind, in your heart, you already see, man, this baby's got so much promise. Is he going to be a world changer? What's he going to do? What's he going to be? You know that when you come to Christ, God looks at you. He knows that he put these seeds of greatness on the inside of you. And he's, he's destined you for something good, something big, something great. And, you know, as parents, we see this in our kids. Watch this. I want you to see something. How many know the kids don't always grow up to be what you envision them to be. They never do. But you know what? When God puts some things in you, he's not moved by the decisions that you've made, good or bad. Because the seeds are in you and the dreams are in you for the direction and for the purpose that he put into your life, the destiny that he has for you, are still there. 
And you know what it just takes? Saying, God, I'll take everything. You know that Catherine Coleman, before her ministry really grew, greatest miracles in anybody, she came to a place where she, she just said, God, this isn't working. And she ran and saw a sign that said A to Z. And she was at the end of her rope. And, she, and it actually said Azusa, but which all she saw was A to Z. And Jesus was the first and the last. And she said, I'm at the last. And it's still Christ. And she just surrendered her whole life to him and said, I'll do what you want me to do. God used this woman to affect change in this world. One woman. One woman to affect change in this world. William Seymour, author of the Azusa Street Revival, changed the landscape of the church. One man, blind in one eye, black in, the ni- in 1906, affected a change in Los Angeles. Don't ever doubt the power of one with God. We were born for such a time as this. Every eye closed right now. And Father, we thank you that your presence is here even now. And Father, in, our, in light of all that we receive, we see what's put before us. And Father, we thank you that as you come into our life, you make things right. You begin the process of making things right in our lives. And we're, you know, I'm going to keep your eyes closed, but you're not designed to hold all the cares and the worries of the world Jesus said that he would carry those for you. But I want you to do, there's two things that I desire of you right now. There's, it's time to make a full surrender and say, God, I want everything you have for me. Because so much of it we, we, we hold back for ourselves. God, I want everything you have for me. And, 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 and right now, this is the time. This is the time right now. And I'm going to count to three. And if, and, 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 I, and if that's you, I want you to raise your hand and join me because I'm surrendering all that I have. There's so much we hold back to ourselves. One, two, three. Pick up your hand right now and say, God, I want all that you have for me. I want all that you have for me right now. Just pick up your hand right now. And just every eye's closed or no one's making a spectacle of you. And say, God, move through me. Speak through me. And I surrender all. In Jesus' name. Now, if you've not made Jesus Lord of your life, and you want to make Jesus Lord and you want him to be come into your life and, and affect a change in you, in your family, and in your household. Now, this is a time, too, where you say, Jesus, I want you in me right now. I recognize who you are, and I want to make a change for the good. If this is you, no one looking around, put up your hand. Jesus, come in. And I just say this with me. Jesus, come into my life. Make things new. Show me the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good. We're on an adventure. We are on a magnificent adventure that God wants to bring us into. And, and uh, it's the times that we live in. You're destined for greatness. You're destined for the best ride in your life. But you know what it takes? It's, it's not that God is a control freak. You know what he does? He takes your life. You come into with him, and it's still your life. But now he's with you. Imagine if the creator of the universe were with you with every decision you made. Imagine if you, how many here ever thought of, I want to be a fly on the wall and hear what's going on. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will tell you all things. Isn't that amazing? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. All right. Well, let's, um, Larissa's not here for right now. You know what? If you said yes to any of these things, uh, especially giving your life to Jesus, come and see David. 
and and uh, he'll talk to you about what to do next. And you know what? This is an amazing journey. If you need, if you have questions about the gifts of God, come and see myself or Pam after church, and we'll help you with the giftings of God. Because you know what? Don't deny God His ability to use you, and don't dishonor the King. Because he gives you something because he knows you can handle it. Not problems. Listen, God doesn't let you have problems because he says he knows you can handle it. That's a lie. Don't, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If there's anything in your life that's been killed, stolen, or destroyed, it didn't come from God. The Bible says God is a good God. Jesus said he came in John 10.10 10, that he came that you might have life and have it to the extreme. You're not having extreme life time to come in to where it gets extreme and you have the ability to go through and fix the things that are not right. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, let's prepare to receive this evening's tithes and offerings and we'll be dismissed here shortly. Yes, sir. Yes. All right, before we... uh collect for their offering and tithe. This is like my favorite part now. And um, I know each of uh, some of you guys have been coming on every Tuesday and every Sunday. I get an opportunity to share how I've been implementing the economy of the kingdom of God into our current culture and the way the economy works here. And those of you that know me know I, I share often about, I think it's awesome. Like to me, this is my opportunity to deposit into the bank of the kingdom of God for the better of this ministry and for God's word. But not only that, it's also so that we can receive the blessings that God has for us. Now, I've heard so many times where uh, on social media and, and even word of mouth, where people will say, oh, oh you know, uh, these rich pastors that have these planes or these fancy cars or they have these nice suits and they have this and they have that. But those same people that are complaining, I like to ask them how many people they won to Jesus the past year. <laughs> these pastors are reaching thousands, if not millions. And we wonder why they have all these extravagant things and we act like they should be or just like that. I'm going to tell you, it's just simply stupid. Because, and especially you guys that work with me, you can work, you work If I work extremely hard, and I'm extremely good at what I do, and I talk to 20 customers, and they bring me 20 more customers, I'm doing something right. If you guys have five customers and you're complaining about the 40 that I have and saying it's fraudulent or it's, you shouldn't have all those nice things and you're mad that I always have these shoes when I come into work, that's stupid. Because you guys have the ability to create wealth yourself. Now, just like when we collect today, you have the ability to deposit into your own kingdom and take part in the economy of the kingdom of God that says we are blessed. So today when you give, I really want you guys to give with 
with the mindset of saying, Lord, I expect to receive. Lord, these are my needs that need to be met. Financially, physically, if it's emotionally, Lord, I give because I, I need you to work on my heart. You say you take care of my needs. This is one of my needs. Lord, I feel a certain way. I feel some kind of way right now. So I give right now believing that I'm going to receive an emotional comfort from you if need be. I'm going to receive healing if need be. I'm going to receive food in my cupboards, gas in my car, happiness in my home, with my significant other, with my parents, with my family. Whatever it needs be, when you give, go ahead and start clicking if you guys are ready. When you give, it's best to receive in every area you can. And if it's where you guys give your time, then do it. Because God's going to recognize it as well. If you say, Lord, I want to be able to give, but I'm not at that point where I can yet. But I'm going to give you my time more than what I can do because you deserve that. I'm going to give you me. I want to eliminate my process of how I've been thinking lately and implement your process of what you want me to do. So, Lord, bless the people that give today. Bless their hands, bless their house. And I say bless their hands and say, well, put your hands to the bread. And anything you do, <coughs> labor is a gift from God. We work to God. No matter what job you're at, promotion comes from the Lord. I shared with somebody the other day that accepting something that seems ludicrous logically to us, but we have a Imagine you go somewhere, puts you where God wants you to be, and it opens the doors for different paths you can go on. Amen. Now let me tell you something. In 2010, I had a beautiful home, swimming pool, lots of toys, cool stuff that I like to lock car, my cars and new clothes. The kids had every video game system you could think of. And I had all the little trophies that the world said was awesome. To not having nothing. Nothing at all. To a point where I was a single dad, two little girls, no car, no place to live. And I used to be a district manager. And I was making, by the time I was 25 years old, I was making ninety to $100,000 a year. To not having anything. I took a job that I felt a nagging to at the time, and I was like, man, I'm almost going to take anything, but I didn't want to just settle for something. Even taking a manager position was a step down for me. I took a sales rep position, and it wasn't the first offer, but it was one of the offers I knew. I just had to let me take this position. Everything in me logically was screaming, no, you got way more experience than this. You are so much worth more. Why are you settling? Give him a little bit of time. He's got a little bit of unemployment left. Sit on him. And I did. I had like about four months left. So I decided to be obedient. There was a still small voice at the time, but I was obedient. In taking that job, it was $11.25 an hour. Ridiculous. <laughs> did not want to take it. Because logically, I can't survive on something like that, especially being 
A dad of two little girls that is needing his own place and a car and everything else. I'll tell you what, in being obedient and listening to where I'm working for God, I've operated in the kingdom's economy. Because my promotion didn't come from this job. My money didn't come from this job. My labor was unto him. I got promoted within two weeks out there. There wasn't a huge raise. It wasn't. But it was it put me in the right position. I got promoted. I went to the, one of the busier stores. And my commission in, in there, I was making more than any of the other managers in my district. So I had favor. This is where I met my wife. Soon to be, and I didn't know at the time. Never in a million years would you, at that time, tell me that Danielle Varela was going to be my wife. I would have said, you're crazy. It's crazy talk. I was in a position where I met my wife. I was in a position where I got recruited from another company by this man shopping in the store at a Costco. He paid me double what I was making. Ended up having my own business after, and I came back up. All because I was obedient and I worked in the kingdom's economy and made it a reality in our natural world. And I'm sharing this because I want you guys to understand that when we enter in a thought process, when we give, and, and you're asking, you might ask, well, how does it have to do with giving and whatnot? It has to do with being obedient, first of all. Second, it has to do with our thought process and understanding that when we do work, when we do give, it's within the kingdom's economy that becomes a reality where we're at. If we're in this world but not of it, then we have to act like we're not of it all the time. We have to bring the culture of the kingdom and make a reality here on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that echoes in my head all the time. And I've been putting it more and more into use. And sometimes in my faith this week, I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys. It's hard, especially when the money starts running out. And that's the truth because then, you know, and you're like, oh, well, it's good one's coming. So then you're like, here you go, Lord. And then when it starts getting tired, whoa, Lord, you really need this much? I'm going to be honest with you right now. Like my, when my money's getting lower, I'm excited, so I'm like, I'm going to give because I need more. It's, the bank account was up this much, now it's up this much, it's not quite low, but I need a refill, Lord. So this, that's where my mentality's at. And so I told, and Danielle said, hey, you need to start communicating with me what we're giving because I need to be in agreement with you. I'm like, no, you're absolutely right. I'm getting too excited. I'm over here giving you. And she's like, well, how much did you give? And I'm like, you're right. So today, before we came, I said, I said, look, we need to be in agreement how much more I want to have so that we can do this. She said, okay. So we prayed together, walking outside of the store, holding the dollar amount, and said, this is what we're going to give. And I was excited today. I couldn't wait for Titan office because I know. I'm expecting. That's what my faith is. So I'm testifying to you that I am in a direct result, and I'm seeing the result of implementing the kingdom's economy here. And I'm telling you, and I'm being completely transparent with you, that all of these things our Heavenly Father has done for me. He for sure can do it for you. I'm rough around the edges, guys. I, I probably have a lot more work in some areas than some of you guys do. But he doesn't love me more than he loves you. So my testimony, because I'm testifying what's being done in my life, it's the exact thing he can do for you. And we can all do it. So, look, you want to bless something? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Father, we ask that you give us a hundredfold. Father, we have a heart to give us a hundredfold. May I ask that you give us a hundredfold.
you may the Lord keep you make his face to shine upon you oh receive his graciousness and his grace as he lifts his countenance to you enter in to a place of intimacy receive the shalom shalom of God the peace that transcends understanding and nothing missing nothing broken in Jesus name amen all right we got it it's only it's only a few minutes Thank you. 
that there's only one. It's the cause of the I think there's a point in the cause. So I was convinced in my heart that God wanted to do the same, but he didn't have to To raise the kind of love that it would cost by the I was reading Matthew 13. And it says, when a man finds a treasure, he goes and hides it in the field and sells all that he has to buy that joy. You know, there just comes a time when you just want something more than anything else. For me, my calling has been revival for And I would rather get revival than anything else. But it's just when you sell the house, you buy the city with the treasure in the This is not a, some huge thing that I'm not doing. I can care less if anybody knows that I'm not providing. And I think you are pointing to the very fact that everybody's going to be There's going to be some pre-rallies and stuff I'll make you all aware of as we go along. And uh, so but I want us all to be a part of this. I've been writing and emailing. They're supposed to send us some stuff. So it still hasn't arrived, but i got to find out what's going on. And uh, uh, let's make this happen. Let everyone know. And uh, we'll have to plan accordingly because that place is a trip. So uh, how to get there and everything else. So. Anyway, church, we'll get more details. This Easter Sunday, uh, we're having a, a, a resurrection uh, day celebration, and it ends with a potluck out here where a lot of fellowship. Uh, Manny's got something prepared, and uh, we're, we're all set. So you all dismissed. Sam, anything? Glory to God. Thank you, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, good. Oh, what did you oh. get that?
Um, army surplus. I was going to say, that's real stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they told me. They told me, don't, don't go in there impersonating anybody because they'll... Yeah, yeah they will. So I said, well, you, you were here from the beginning when they said that I got it. So yeah. it was basically... <laughs> yeah, I, I met some Korean board veterans talking and stuff when I was there. And so we, were, we looked around. The stuff is expensive when you go to regular stores. And these guys give me a break and everything. That's cool. So I thought, well, okay. The only thing I didn't get is boots. Those things are like hundred bucks. Okay, hice en las vacaciones de la primavera. No spring break. I don't know how to say spring break. La primavera. Vacacion de primavera. Vacacion. Vacacion. Uh-huh. I'll give you the spelling right now. Let me get my phone. I'm going to check it out. I am. I am going to do it right now. Put this in my briefcase. And then erase that. And take, or just leave it like that. And put, well, no. Erase it and put it in the back. Right there in the... Oh, right there. The marker in my briefcase is right there. Right there. Hey, where did the offering go?
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.